What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, YouTube at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, even TikTok at Deep Dive FF. And as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. With that being said, let's get into the content. What's up, guys? Welcome back into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today, I'm joined once again with a friend from long ago in terms of how many podcasts (laughs) it's been, but Trent Rodiger is back on to talk with me. I know I missed the uh, Start, Sit episode from last week, been super busy. I apologize for that, but... We're going to keep it rolling. We're going to go over what just happened in week five now. The season's already flying by. We're going to go over you know, things to to look forward to in next week as well, right after we go over what we learned. But first, Trent, how's it going, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back on. I'm excited to be here. Of course, dude. I love going back and forth, especially with you, because we seem to clash a lot. We really do. You know, I think you're right a lot of the times. I just think that you, you some misses here and there, but that, that's what makes it good banter. So. Yeah, yeah, and everybody has their misses, right? Exactly. I mean, football is a very unpredictable sport. That's the most predictable thing about it. Um, so that, that's why we love it. You know, it, it's not boring. Crazy things happen all the time. So let's talk about something that I feel like we learned and could be a projection moving forward. Going back to the Bucks game, Bucks Dolphins. Miles Gaskin has been a bust all season. And it actually sucks because in one of my leagues, I dropped Miles Gaskin because Zach Wilson was like, oh yeah, Elijah Moore is going to break out this week. And I was like, all right, I have Darrell Henderson. I have Najee Harris in this particular league, a couple other running backs, and Gaskin has sucked. So I'm going to drop and pick up Elijah Moore, see if we get something there. Elijah Moore did nothing, and Gaskin goes off for 30 points versus the Bucks. 10 receptions, 10 targets. Do you think that we can trust Gaskin as at least like a flex worthy guy moving forward do you think his receiving role is going to be retained based off that game you think they're gonna be like oh man we should have been using him like this the whole time i think his role he's definitely a week by week play um and it also depends on who's going to be the starter going forward with the dolphins because i know tua should be coming back relatively soon yep and tua or Brissett, even going back to his colts days loved the check down to the Neheim Pines. I know I'm not saying his name correctly, but Brissett is not a guy that's afraid not he's afraid to throw it to his running back ten yeah. times a game. Tua did that a lot though too. I like Tua was very good for Gaskin last year. And then Gaskin, like the only fantasy points he was getting this year before Tua got hurt was receptions. It wasn't a lot, but I think there that his reception role would be safe. I think it's more based off scheme. I think it's more like are they gonna include him? You know? Yeah, Devontae Parker is uh, questionable as well. So, And once he comes back, I would also have to assume that some of Gaskin's potential targets would be going to the Dolphins' wide receiver one. Wide receiver one? Over Waddle, yeah. I nah. think, I think nah. uh, Parker. See, here we go already. Here we go already. <laughs> Jalen Waddle is definitely their wide receiver one. I mean, maybe right now because Parker's hurt, but we'll. It'll be interesting to compare who gets at more the targets the at the very end because I think they'll be close. I just so think who's Parker's... their wide receiver one? More targets or more fantasy points? More targets. Okay. 
That'll be close. That'll be closer. Exactly. Waddle's more explosive. Yeah. So I think he does more with his targets. But, yeah, it'll be interesting. All right, so so Gaskin, you think, that's that's a fair point. With Devontae Parker coming back, he's probably not going to keep the same type of workload. But you think he is going to be better than what he has been other than that Bucks game? Because he's been pretty much trash. Like five, six points. Don't count on him. But if you have no other plays... I think, yeah, why not take a flyer? Because that 30-point explosion could be what wins you your league or yeah. offsets a Derrick Henry-type game from a guy that you don't expect oh it from. Oh, my gosh. It only took how long? Four minutes before you started talking <laughs> about the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. All right. So let's talk about Michael Pittman. So I've liked Michael Pittman because he's been getting a steady target share. He's like the only weapon in that offense, really, that's a receiver. And... He, he's just been lacking touchdowns. I mean, he's had almost double-digit targets, I think, every week since maybe week one. And he finally had a touchdown today, or this week. And because of it, he had a really good fantasy day. He was a very safe floor guy, always getting you at least you know 50 yards, five catches. So he's been getting you 10 points pretty much every week. So do you think Pittman right now is somebody that could enter that top 24 safe wide receiver two range because i mean if he gets a touchdown here and there along with his target share i think he's gonna be solid and i think people were sleeping on him because he didn't have touchdowns yeah well i think i think Pittman's a very good player i think he's gonna be a guy that continues to grow throughout the season and he is gonna have big games uh strictly because they don't have threats at wide receiver ty is not the same ty that gave me nightmares several years ago He's clearly taking a backseat to oh, you, uh, Pittman. You mean giving you nightmares because you're a Titans fan. Right. But just in general, just <laughs> yeah, in yeah. general, as like an explosive guy that it could burn you deep. You know, he clearly has lost his step uh, the older he's gotten. And, you know, while, you know, if you were a coach in an actual football game, like, yeah, you would want T.Y. on your team. But in fantasy, he's completely irrelevant. So, yeah, look for Pittman to uh, be, if you are going to have a Colts wide receiver stashed on your roster, it, it, Pittman's the only guy that's pretty much worth it, especially so, as a starter. So he is somebody you're interested in? Absolutely. Okay, cool. I'll send you an offer with Michael Pittman included in our league. Um, <laughs> so, because <laughs> now I have evidence. Now you can't act like you you know, you know don't like him. All right. So, speaking of explosive players, you're saying that about T.Y. Let's talk about a very explosive player, somebody that I was all over in the offseason. His <clears> landing <throat> spot definitely deterred me, but I still got him in a couple dynasty leagues because... He was being shat on by everybody. Kadarius Tony, my guy. So super, super explosive. What do you think about Kadarius? I like his upside. I think the Giants, maybe more so than any other team in the NFL, have been absolutely ravaged at the wide receiver position. And while he had an insane, you know, thank ten catch, he broke Odell Beckham's uh, rookie receiving yards record for the Giants by four yards, getting a buck eighty nine. And he could have had more. He could have had more if he could, uh, you know, hold himself <laughs> together a little bit better. <laughs> but with that being said, um, I I like Pittman better than Tony. Not due to I think Tony's much more explosive, but Slayton will be coming back. Shepard will be coming back. Galladay will be coming back. And those are all much more veteran guys. Mm-hmm. And Galladay got paid. Whether you like it or not, when you pay people top dollar, you don't pay them to be a wide receiver three or a wide receiver four on your team. They're going to get 
they will get more. T- he will get <laughs> Galladay will get more targets than Tony no. by the end of the season. I'll I'll take that one. Here we're shaking over the mic. Okay, I'll take, I'll take that. Galladay one. gets more targets than Tony. I think Kadarius might have, outside of possibly Sterling Shepard, the most targets from here on out. As long as he because he showed something for that offense that they haven't had. Galladay, people overhype him. He's not explosive. He's a big dude who will get. Get 50-50 balls. He's overhyped, I agree. He's not, I think, explosive. uh, Sterling Shepard, not explosive. Uh, Darius Slayton, he is explosive, but he's not the type of person that can do a lot of different type of routes and have a huge role. Kadarius is their Odell Beckham. Now, his hands might not be as good, but we also don't really know that because in college he didn't get very many opportunities to show that um, because of the way he was used. So I think Kadarius could be... See, it's interesting because he's, he's had a huge game. He had like a mini breakout game and then this huge game. And if he has like a down week for another week or two, and it, it could happen. Joe Judge might be like punishing him because that's the type of coach Joe Judge is. Like he's coaching high school players. And if that happens, I think he's going to be a great buy. I think I really do. And I wouldn't sell him. Some people are thinking, oh, we should sell Kadarius High. I wouldn't because I had this guy as my wide receiver four in this rookie class before the draft. Now, after the Giants took him, then I moved some people above him, but that was not the case in terms of talent, and I don't know, man. I just, I think with what we saw and what they saw, I don't think there's any way they can just phase him out the offense, so I I like him a lot, actually. I'm not saying they'll phase him out of the offense. I'm just saying he's being targeted more due to injuries, and I think that they're not going to write off Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, who are proven guys, who Jones has a rapport with. Um, the two reasons why I'm not super into Tony at the moment is because I think Joe Judge is cut from the same cloth as Belichick, Saban, and his outburst of him punching the Cowboys player. I think uh, that's also is, very Odell like, by the way. Right. <laughs> you know it is, but I think. Uh, Joe Judge more so than most coaches really, really do not tolerate that behavior. And also, I believe a couple weeks back, uh, Tony tweeted something along the lines of, uh, don't quote me here verbatim, but it was something like, I wish I was more involved. Kind of like, throw me the ball more, which you expect that from diva wide receivers. But once they're uh, established. I'll put it like this. If you had a coach like Sumlin and your wide receiver tweeted that, you'd be like, okay, well... He, he, he might get the ball more now, but because Joe Judge is very old school, I think uh, he views that as very unprofessional, and um, he just doesn't play that, oh, you're crying on Twitter, why don't you talk to me about it? You know, I don't <laughs> yeah. think he plays that game. Okay, so, let me uh, ask you this. And then secondly, uh, last one is Daniel Jones. <laughs> He's your quarterback. Let's not, let's not uh, get yeah. too far ahead of ourselves. You can have all the weapons in the world, but uh, you got to throw the ball accurately <laughs> so, you know I feel like you're taking shots at some of our friends right now um we won't mention names but you know what <laughs> you know what i'm talking about all right um so last thing on Kadarius, okay because i feel like people here is going back and forth but they don't really know where you stand so or maybe even where i stand over under weekly average targets going forward for Kadarius tony five and a half is he gonna get more or less targets per game average when the season's over from here on out. Hmm. Targets. Got him. Yep, targets. Targets. Because that's more than what Kenny Galladay's been getting. Sure. 
uh, targets, I'm going to say <laughs> under. I feel like you're just saying that to stay with your take. No, it looks like you no, want to say over. I, I don't. Uh, I, I think there's a just too many unknowns with that offense. And uh, I you know it definitely bodes well for him that Saquon's down. Um, for we don't know how long. I don't think we have a timetable on when he would be back. So that definitely. It's one to three weeks. Uh, that nice. bodes well for Tony for the meantime. But I think, like I said, uh, just because you have one breakout game, um, they're going to disregard or put uh, Slayton and Sterling in the two and three positions. I don't think he, just because you have one great game, doesn't make you the automatic wide receiver one going forward. But they should do more jet sweeps and things like that uh, to get him the ball because he is a really explosive player. Yeah. And I will just say to everyone listening, remember he was a first-round pick, so he does have equity. Um, All right. So... Real quick, this is not fantasy, really, so I just don't want to go into it too much. But the Bills wax the Chiefs. The Chiefs are 2-3. and three. They have a losing record five weeks into the season. I said over the offseason that I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs were significantly worse with the regular season. I still think they're a good pick to make it to the Super Bowl. But outside of Tom Brady-led teams, over the last 10 years, every time a team loses in the Super Bowl, they don't make the playoffs the next year. The Chiefs, as of right now, would not make the playoffs. Now, I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I also think they're super exposed, and it's clear that they're not just this absolute force. Because, I mean, whether you like it or not, the defense ain't great, and the offensive line's not great. They might have Mahomes, they might have Tyreek, they might have Kelsey, but I could see three or four, at minimum, teams beating the Chiefs in the playoffs. And that would be the Bills, obviously, because they just did it. The Chargers... I think could definitely beat the Chiefs. I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns did, but I would still take the Chiefs in that one just because the Browns, I mean, if Baker falls behind, it's over. And then the Ravens could. I don't know if they'd be able to do it twice in one season, but there are definitely teams that can beat the Chiefs. So I just thought that was interesting. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on that before we move forward? The Chiefs are definitely beatable. I think they have probably one of the top five worst defenses in the NFL. Like Um, the Titans? Yeah, I think the Titans may actually have more talent. Um, we'll see who gives up more yards at the very end. But yeah, they're definitely bottom tier with the Titans for sure. Um, now, Mahomes, a lot of his interceptions have been drops or just not his fault interceptions. And Mahomes is still doing good. I think I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, people, see, the problem with people nowadays with fantasy is people are such prisoners of the moment. And they like to... They have one good week or one bad week, and then that's the whole narrative. The Chiefs will make the playoffs. They will have double-digit wins. Yep. Uh, I, I think that. I think they're going to still win the division. I do. I think it's going to be tough. They're two. Yeah, they're two games back from the Chargers, but they haven't played the Chargers yet, have they? They have played the Chargers. Is that the Chiefs the, lost to the Chargers? Oh, okay, that's right. So yeah, yeah. that would. I mean, yeah, but I, I still think. Uh, so all the teams that I listed have already beat them, and would have to do it a second time in the playoffs. And it's that's it's tough. It's the NFL. It's very hard to beat teams two times. That's let true. alone if they had to. Chargers saw the Chiefs in the playoffs. I'd one hundred percent take the Chiefs just because it's beating a team three times is just. Yeah, that's just hard. So that's, hopefully, if you're a Chargers fan, hopefully you lose versus the Chiefs. And the most recent game is a loss, and you guys can bounce back from it. All right, so the Browns-Chargers game, since we're already talking about them, was pretty sick. My my boy, who I just want to find a role because he's got the talent, Donovan Peoples-Jones, he got some good work, did good. Mike Williams keeps going off. So what are your thoughts on Mike Williams versus Keenan Allen 
rest of season. Right now, according to your philosophy, and I'm not saying it's wrong, I usually agree with it, Keenan Allen has more targets than Mike Williams. So you would say Keenan Allen is the wide receiver one. Mm -hmm. But with two targets more than Mike Williams, Keenan Allen has almost half the fantasy points. Keenan Allen's getting 10 yards per reception. Mike Williams is getting 15. Mike Williams has six touchdowns. Keenan Allen has one. Keenan's never been a big touchdown guy. Mm-hmm. So, first off, are you just... Is it clear to us? Are we far enough into the season to say Mike Williams is the wide receiver that you want if you have to have one of the two? Yes. Mike Williams is going to score more points than Keenan Allen by the end of the season. And I think they they both are extremely good... I think it's it's really just a testament of what uh, Brandon Staley, that's the Chargers head coach. It's a testament of what he's done. Uh, just watching Chargers games, they've they kind of at least for the past several years before Staley um, got there, they were always losing really sick in like really sick ways. Like kind of reminded me of the Vikings had a lot of talent, that's but true. you know they're not going to win a big game over a Green Bay over a Chiefs and. You know, I'm just going back to that Chiefs game, going forward on fourth down and converting and trusting Herbert in year two it, as well. That is scary. That's scary because when you have a rookie head coach doing having that much faith in a second year player, it's they're gonna be a really good team for the next decade. But going back to Williams, Williams is a much better uh, go getter, jump ball guy. I think he's gonna have probably six more touchdowns than Allen. Like you said, Allen's never been. Well, a he's already got five more than Allen. It's going to be a bigger. I gap think Allen. Allen will probably catch up uh, a little so. bit. I'm not saying he's going to close the gap, but I'm just saying I think he'll probably um, be receiving like touchdown wise. He'll be clear cut number two of the second most receiving touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But uh, Williams is uh, definitely him and Herbert have great rapport. And you know if it's third and three and you need to convert that third down, Herbert's probably going Allen. But if it's First and seven at the goal line, he's going Williams. You know, I don't think, yeah. he, you know, so they definitely have their uh, role of what they choose to go for in the given situation. Yeah, I agree. I'll t- definitely take Mike Williams. So he's, this is a segment that maybe we'll get to later. I mean, we've already talked for a long time uh, on few points, so we might not do it. But Mike Williams, is he going to finish as a top five wide receiver? He's a top five wide receiver right now. Is he going to finish there? That's a tough question. I'm going to say no. But lock, he's a lock for top ten. Just because this is his first year breaking out. So you have to wonder. Which is crazy. He's 27 years old. Why did it take so long? I don't understand. Coaching. I mean, I know he's been getting hurt too. He's been getting hurt too. But And maybe Keenan's declined. Do you think Keenan's declined? Um... If you if have he, Keenan in a dynasty, are you panicking right now? No. No, I'm not. I'm not panicking if I have Keenan. Uh, has he declined? Maybe a little bit, but I don't think it's been drastic enough to where you have to press the panic button. Uh, I think injuries and coaching has uh, prevented Mike Williams from truly becoming that first-round pick that a lot of people thought he was going to be. You know, the guy at Clemson who was you know snagging over everybody. Uh, I think he's always had the talent. But having an elite quarterback like Herbert and coaching that actually will put him in positions to do what he excels at uh, is going to make him have his first Pro Bowl season and maybe maybe an All-Pro if he keeps going the way he's going. Yeah, oh, definitely. Touchdowns talk. So 
Let's talk about this, because I realized when I said, is he going to finish in the top five, it kind of helps to know who's close to beating him out. So let's go over something real quick. And I want to keep in mind, I want everyone listening to keep in mind, how much takes do you see when running backs are getting hurt? This is why you go zero running back. Because everyone's like, oh, zero running back is stupid, which is absolutely the truth. I absolutely agree with that. If we're talking redraft in terms of that. Now, if you're talking dynasty and you're trying to build from the ground up, you want the receivers first because running backs have short shelf lives. But that's not what we're talking about. And that's what you do. That's what you did in our league because you have two really good running backs. They're both old, but all your wide receivers are super young. When you say old, you mean 26 years old. For a running back, they're old. Right, but they're also freaks, so. No. Kamara and Henry? They're they're freaks, but like in terms of dynasty, they're not gonna last like you Kamara and Henry, okay, we we don't wanna go down this road. Gotcha. But Kamara and Henry are not gonna be like top five running backs three years from now. They'll both be in the Hall of Fame. And I'm comfortable. With <laughs> okay, two that's Hall of Fame fine. That's not what I'm saying. Right, but I'm just saying, you know, are they gonna be there ten years from now? No, but I'll ride them for I was no. giving you a compliment because you built your team I know. I'm with messing young with you. wide receivers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, um, so I just want to, we're going to list this, okay? Think in your head back to drafts. And if you don't know, then I'll tell you. But think back to the drafts before the season started. I'm going to say the wide receivers' names in the top 12 and tell me if they were drafted in the top 12 or not. Cooper Cup. He was not top 12. Okay, that's one. Mike Williams. He was not top 12. Okay. Tyreek Hill. Yes. He was top 12. Devontae Adams. He was top 12. Debo Samuel. Not top 12. Okay, so three of the top five drafted in the middle rounds of drafts. Marquise Brown. He was top? No. Not even close. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, I would be shocked if he was. No. Corderell Patterson. Absolutely not. DJ Moore. He was fringe, so we won't count it against it. I like his youth. He's been in the league for a long time, and he's very young. Okay, so that's already five in the top eight that were not drafted in the top 12 so everyone that's saying zero running back zero running back this is why because they get hurt well all the top wide receivers that you drafted are all busts right now um and all the middle tier running middle tier drafted wide receivers were the ones that the heavy running back players were drafting so now they have the best wide receivers and we'll go over running backs in a second too so after dj moore jamar chase not even close to the top 12 okay that's six Justin Jefferson, yes. DK Metcalf, yes. Mike Evans was close. So half of the top 12 wide receivers were drafted past round four, past round five. Some drafted in double-digit rounds or close to, like a Debo Samuel and a Marquise Brown. So that's wide receivers. Now let's go over running backs. Running back one, your boy, King Henry, obviously, drafted top 12. Austin Eckler, drafted top 12. Cordero Patterson, that's one. Najee Harris, drafted top 12. Ezekiel Elliott, drafted top 12. Kareem Hunt, that's two. DeAndre Swift, drafted top 12. Aaron Jones, drafted top 12. Alvin Kamara, drafted top 12. Jonathan Taylor, drafted top 12. James Robinson is third. And then Nick Chubb, drafted top 12. Three of the top 12 running backs were not drafted in the top 12 right now. This is why, despite injury risk, because it's not like wide receivers don't get hurt too, this is why you draft running back high. You think that was a solid case, Trent? I don't find a point I disagree with you at all. Uh, yeah. I know you're not you're not a zero running back guy. I know that. But I'm just saying because I have people all the time in the DMs, com- in the comments all the time, bro, your, your running back heavy take is like too much. Look at all the running backs that are hurt. But statistically, fantasy analysis says that it's right 100%. Yeah, I have a hard time thinking that going 
non-running back heavy or having the few amount of running backs start is a good strategy at all just because that's, you know, this is kind of putting it in too simplistic terms, but it's either going to be a run pay or pass play. And I know teams are going to pass more than they run and vice versa, but regardless, it is not 100% one way or the other, meaning that say a non-running team in the NFL, like the Chiefs, for example, they're still going to hand the ball off 18 times because they don't want it to become a seven-on-seven, you know, quarterback all throwing the ball tournament because in order to have the best pass game, you have to have just a decent running game. You don't even have to have an elite running back, but if if the defense knows, oh, they're just passing it, we don't have to honor the run, let's just put, you know, six guys in the box. They're not going to burn us. It's, It's naive because all NFL offenses, even if they don't value the run, as much as the past, they still do it anyway, and that's why you have to have a running back. Yeah, and I think the simplest way to put it is running back is predictable. Year over year, you can predict what running backs are going to be good for fantasy because it's all about workload. Wide receiver is completely unpredictable. We didn't know that Cooper Cup would absolutely dominate compared to Robert Woods. Now, that's something that we're going to talk about because that might change, but that's an example. Nobody predicted that Mike Williams was going to destroy and take over from Keenan Allen. Nobody predicted that Marquise Brown was all of a sudden going to be reliable. Nobody predicted all of these things. Wide receiver is so much more unpredictable. Running back is predictable. That's why you grab running back steady. All right. So with that said, let's talk about the guy that frustrates you to no end. You know what I'm talking about? It's a wide receiver. You, you want to say it? No, you say it. No, I want you to say it. I think you know who I'm, ta- who I'm talking about. Are we talking about A.J. Brown? No, not A.J. Brown. Not somebody from your team. For fantasy, they're very frustrating to you. And you're thinking about... Oh, Allen Robinson. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just 29 targets <sighs> through the first five weeks. I think that people can hear the stress coming through the mic. <laughs> okay. Allen Robinson, are you pretty much out on him? Okay, so... Okay, I'm... we'll put it this way. Is he going to be a top 15 wide receiver moving forward? No. No, he's not, not, isn't it? He's not. I don't even know if he'll be top 30. And I know that sounds a little bit crazy, but the Bears are winning games through great defense and the run game. And Darno Mooney. And I I wouldn't take any of the Bears wide receivers. I mean, sure, Mooney and Fields seem to have a great rapport going on, and that seems to be his guy. But um, even then, a great Bears wide receiver game is five catches (laughs) and 80 yards. That's not like, (laughs) you know, they're not, it's not impressive. Like, it's it's just not. you know, Robinson is, I think, um, you know, I saw something, a, a tweet from his agent that said only four targets, really. And I know last game he tied Mooney with five targets, <laughs> which is terrible, which is terrible for fantasy. He tied, that was tied for the league. He, know. It was, you know, it's it's really bad when you say that loud. <laughs> really but um, the Bears, Matt, Matt Nagy is... He's fighting for his job. Not that guy. And he's not... Oh, he's he'll never be that, <laughs> guy. that guy. He'll never be that. He's more that guy than the coach before, uh, Tressman. But he's 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 not going to be the Bears head coach three years from now. And what he's doing is he's going back... He's just good defense, good run game. Pass when you need to. And if you do pass, we're not going to take the top off the defense. We're going to pass to move the chains or put ourselves in a position to move the chains. And um, it's a shame because... I really liked Fields oh, I as Fields. potentially 
That's why I Maybe want Nagy winning gone. rookie of the year. That's why I want Nagy gone. And I think when when you're giving a guy like Fields, when you trade up to draft a guy like Fields, when you have a guy who I think potentially given his situation, even though I think Chicago's okay ran, they're definitely better than the Jaguars and how that organization's run. <laughs> Yo, you could argue Urban we're not gonna talk about it, right. but that's ridiculous. But I'm just saying, out of all the other quarterbacks you could argue he's in the best position to succeed besides Mac Jones or Trey Lance. And when you're only allowing him to put up high school numbers, throwing the ball maybe 20 times, having a buck 70, oh, you're not even running him that much when dual threat's a part of his game. Yes. It's, he's uh, hindering his talent Very greatly. And because he's playing it safe with him, because he's on the hot seat for his job and he's not letting him rip, uh, it's made all Bears fantasy players besides Montgomery obsolete. So what I don't understand is Fields in the preseason was running all the time. And that was why their offense was moving in the preseason. Why is he not running? Like, I know we don't really have answers to this, but why is he not running right now? It's ridiculous. If I had to guess, which if this is the case, I think it's a really poor reason to not use somebody's talents. I know the Browns absolutely dominated the Bears offensive line. I think that was the day Miles Garrett had four and a half sacks and the Browns had nine sacks total. Uh, he could be having flashbacks to Fields potentially getting hurt. And if Fields gets hurt, Andy Dalton goes in, Bears win five games, see you later, Matt Nagy. So I think because, uh, y- you know, I'm assuming maybe it's, it's from that, but I'll put it like this. I hope the Packers get up on him early because I want Fields to have to be in a hole because you're not gonna half yes. back you're not gonna half back toss I agree. or half back dive your way down twenty one points against Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is too good. So I, I really hope that uh the Packers get on the uh Bears early and we see what Fields can do. I'd like to see Fields in more empty sets. Yeah, I agree. I wanna see that too. All right, let's talk about your your boy. All right. We're gonna talk about Jamar Chase. So first off, if you had to guess, who is the wide receiver one in Cincinnati? It's 100%. It's based off targets. Oh, based off targets? Oh, Tyler Boyd? No, they're actually tied. Okay, I was like, Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd both have 35. You and Tyler Boyd. T. Higgins in three games has 22. So if you did the math, that's seven a game. That would give him another 14, which would put him at 35. So, So 36. So they're basically all getting the same target share. Now, Jamar Chase has significantly outproduced the others. He's got five touchdowns. That's pretty much been the the huge difference, but also he's got 19.8 yards per reception, which is also a big difference. Now, he doesn't have as much receptions as Tyler Boyd, but he's getting more per clip, and he's got the touchdown upside. Do you think, especially with T. Higgins back, do you think Jamar Chase is going to continue to dominate in the way he has, or do you think it's possible that now, that even though he's a rookie, five games in, he's been doing great, he's going to start seeing harder coverage, and now T. Higgins is going to be a, an option that maybe doesn't get as much or is not as good as Jamar, but hinders what Jamar has done so far from continuing. Or the same thing with Tyler Boyd. I think out of the trio, Tyler Boyd takes the back seat. Uh, if you look at, I know that hurts. I know you guys have a great relationship with Tyler <laughs> Boyd. but uh, I have a shirt in the closet that says Boyd Brother. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deep dive fantasy shirt and it says Boyd Brother on the back. That's funny. Um... No, I think uh, the reason I say that is because even when T. Higgins was healthy, Jamar Chase was still producing, and it was Tyler Boyd 
you know, getting the three catches for 35 yards and kind of having very mediocre games, uh, fantasy speaking. So I think um, Tyler Boyd's the one that takes the back seat, and Jamar, uh, surprisingly, just through only five weeks, has solidified himself as the now and future Bengals wide receiver one. Okay, so Jamar Chase is wide receiver nine right now. We talked about it. Is he going to finish inside the top ten when the season's over? I would say no. No, he's not going to. But so does he? Does does that make him a sell high? I think it's very realistic. He finishes top fifteen, and when I say top fifteen, I'm more so talking about fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, I think that's very possible. Um, I think as long as Joe Burrow can stay up, which I don't know if you saw that shot that he took. Yeah, I it, did. It, it really... It was <sighs> scary. It was scary. Uh, yeah. Okay, here's another thing, though. And this is part of the reason why... Okay, Tyler Boyd has definitely still been good for his value. And yes. I, I still plug in Tyler Boyd every week because I went running back heavy, and all I need is consistency from my receivers, right. and I'm winning pretty much every week. So, um, as you know, because you're in a league with me where I'm undefeated. But anyways, for now, <laughs> for now, yeah, I know. I just dug my grave by saying that you're going to beat me. I now. know you were talking yeah, I all told you. I, I told, told you I was going to win a lot of games. I'm four and one. Here we are. <laughs> all right. Yeah. We, you guys got number one and number two in a dynasty league, uh, right now recording this podcast. All right. Anyways. <clears throat> so the thing that is throwing me off is the offensive split for the Bengals. And I think that that's, what's dangerous so, the Bengals last year with um, with Joe Burrow were passing. Oh, man, I can't believe it's been so long. I don't remember. It might have been something so ridiculous, like forty. I think it was forty three times a game they were passing. They're passing like thirty times a game. Yeah, it was a right lot. now. Now that that's not just like a oh they came back down to earth. That is a drastic shift. There's been no coaching change, and Joe Mixon. I mean, yeah, he's healthier, but. I think it's just because Joe Burrow is so much... He's learned so much, especially when he was hurt. He probably just got to hit the books. And he's the type of guy with the, the motivation to do that, to just study, 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 get more efficient. And it's kind of bringing down the pass attempts. But that's hurting the receivers as a group. It's not hurting Jamar Chase, but it's hurting T. Higgins. It's hurting Tyler Boyd. Because if Joe Burrow was back to throwing 45 times a game, now you're looking at an extra... That's an extra 15 passes. The, the wide receivers for the Bengals are pretty much their entire offense. Like, if, if you look at their targets, then after the wide receivers, the next most targeted player has 13 targets. It's a tight end, C.J. Uzuma. And then after that, it's Joe Mixon with 10, and nobody else has double-digit targets in five games. Their entire offense, and this is something that I projected, their entire offense is going through the three receivers. Over 65%, or just about 60, 65% of their targets are to the receivers, and that's exactly how I projected it. I just didn't think Jamar Chase was going to be as efficient. But um, with that said, they've played a lot of teams and they've had a lot of leads. That's not going to continue in my eyes because they've played a lot of bad teams. So do you think that we could actually see a upward trend for all of these wide receivers, except for maybe Jamar Chase because he's already doing so good? Do you think we could see an upward trend for these wide receivers moving forward when the Bengals find themselves in holes and deficits? Absolutely. It's what makes the most sense. But I think... Uh you know, at least uh, scheme-wise that you're talking about. Um, I think it's probably best. I think that's what, I mean, okay, I'll put it like this. At the beginning of the season, if someone would have came up to you and said, 
The Bengals are going to be three and two, and they're going to go toe to toe with Green Bay. They honestly should be four and one. I mean, both teams didn't want to win that game. It just happened to be Green Bay won it, but they very easily could be four and one. I think I would have called you crazy. I thought, I for agree me personally. I, I, agree. I thought the Bengals were going to be. I thought they were going to have a top five pick, four or five win team. Yeah, if that mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I liked them trending upwards, but I'm shocked at how well their defense has performed. But I, I think it's best uh, for Joe Burrow that they're not dropping back 40 times a game. I agree. Because don't get me wrong, it's I love it for fantasy. I love it. I love the the duels, the you know the crazy quarterback wide receiver stats. But at the end of the day, what's made them a more efficient offense, which they've been putting up more points. I if I had to bet through five weeks compared to last year is because they're running they're running more and they're not paying drastically behind yeah because they've been in the league so joe mixon has actually surprised me a lot this year as well yeah but i, I thought, think i think that actually makes him a buy high or i mean a, a a sell high because he's not gonna get 22 carries a game moving forward like they're not gonna be able to run it that much in the first half versus the jaguars joe mixon had three or four carries why? Because the Jaguars were winning 14-0. And that's the kind of... And then they came out the half, and Tyler Boyd started getting work. Jamar Chase started getting a lot of work because they had to start throwing the ball right. to catch up. That's what I think is going to be more often the case. So I think it's interesting. If you have Joe Mixon, maybe you want to play around and see how much somebody might like him and do the same thing with the receivers on the opposite end. How much are they kind of disappointed in a Tyler Boyd right now, in a T. Higgins right now? It's going to be hard to buy Jamar Chase, and I wouldn't buy Jamar Chase, although I do think he will be the the, the best wide receiver. Hates it hurts me to say it, but I do think he will be the best wide receiver. He's that guy. Yeah, he is. The, he is that guy. He's that guy. He is that guy. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Sam Darnold. So the Panthers, I thought they were pretenders. They showed it. They lost to the Eagles. And the Eagles have a horrible record. They're not a great team. They're, they're decent, they're scrappy, but they're not great. Um, Darnold's definitely better than he was with the Jets, but I don't think he's somebody... Because he was a top-five quarterback in fantasy before last week. Then he put up a stinker, single digits. He was living and thriving off rushing touchdowns, yep. despite having less than like 30 rushing yards a game. So, one, do you think Sam Darnold, the player is significantly better than he was in New York? Or do you think it's just a product of the situation? And how are you looking at him for fantasy? You know, I think... uh, I don't even think it's a question. He's so much more efficient uh, in Carolina than he ever was with the Jets. I think he's always... I mean, he was a top-five pick. Adam Gase, I know I've DM'd you. Um, my disdain for Adam Gase, I think he's he's <laughs> yeah. such a joke. And if you notice the trend, uh, everywhere he leaves, teams get a lot better. And uh, he, I mean, there's a reason, you know, he's in high school and not even an OC somewhere, which is where he made his bread and butter because he was Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator in Denver. And now he's no one even wants him now because I think people have finally figured out, hey, this is the guy. He's the reason why we lose. Um, Darnold, I I think we knew he was going to have growing pains. I think how you should look at Darnold is the fact that he did as well as he was doing for those games. I think he's going to continue to have big games. But also, if you're going to start him, count on him having single-digit games as well because he's still that guy. So that you can, think he's kind of a boom-bust quarterback? Uh, I, I, would, I don't know if I'd say... 
I mean, he will boom and he will bust, but I'd like to give him a little bit more credit. I would, I would say he's gonna, he's trending upwards more than he's trending downwards, even with an off game against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of that game, I watched that for a bit. They didn't. Carolina played to not lose, and in the NFL, when that happens, you lose because you have to play to win. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, you just can't. You just can't. You know, waste the clock and then punt. Teams are just too good. Teams are too good. You can't. You have to play to win. You, I wish. I wish this was video recorded so people could see your mannerisms and your facial expressions because they're absolutely hilarious. You're but uh, very. Oh man, I don't know what the word is, but you're you very much show exactly how you think, and I. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Thanks, but uh, but yeah, no, I like I like Darnold. I think he's in a really good spot. Um. DJ Moore has become a legit wide yeah, receiver one, which is something that I think people predicted, but I don't think anyone predicted how successful that one-two punch would be. Darnold, DJ Moore, you know, I would say, you know, as of right now, they're probably a top five, you know, not you know, fantasy speaking, a top five duo where you know DJ Moore is going to get his looks, and uh, you know, he's actually. He's getting more yards, too, which I know DJ Moore has always gotten targets, but sometimes yards haven't always been there for him. Mm-hmm. But now he's had a couple hundred-yard games, and uh, yep. that's really important going forward. It is. Um, let's talk about another wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't know if you've seen much because he's on the Lions, and not yeah. many of us are going to watch the Lions. Right. But Amon Ross St. Brown, he's starting to come on at least the last game, eight targets, seven receptions, 65 yards. Hawkinson was banged up, though. Hawkinson only got three targets. So... Do you think he's worth a stash? Because obviously we're not going to ever say after one game where guys were hurt and stuff and he plays with Jared Goff, who's probably on the Daniel Jones level, um, we're not going to say start him or anything. But do you think he's worth a stash? Absolutely. I like I like St. Brown. I think, uh, you know, I really, you know, when he was coming into the league, I didn't see a huge difference between him and Elijah Moore other than the fact that Elijah Moore has more instagram followers and had a lot more hype from the talking heads i, th- I was down on both of them i'm not gonna lie i had both of them amon ross St. brown was not in my top 10 i still wouldn't put him there if i had to re-rank it and elijah moore was not in my top like eight i think he was like nine or ten and a lot of people had him in their like four or five spot so i was actually i think that's an interesting comparison because i was very low on both of them compared to consensus well i think he's not gonna wow you uh, I think his biggest uh, thing he has going for him right now is the fact that Detroit has by far the worst wide receiving core in the NFL, and it's really not even close. Uh, <laughs> no, I can't even think not. of like it's not. They're they're such a clear cut bottom team with wide I think, receivers. I think the Titans with AJ Brown and Julio Jones out both might still have been better than the Lions receivers. I agree. I hundred percent agree with that, and I'm not even saying that because I'm biased. I just have no. I mean, I, I, I'm a probably a little bit higher on golf than I am than most people, but when you look at the Lions offense, who's going to get the most targets? It's a slot wide receiver, a tight end, and a running back. It's actually and, a running back, a running back, and a tight end. Well, exactly, but how many NFL teams can say that? And that just it's goes disgusting. to show. Sh- well, it just they goes to show no how talent targets. deprived they are at the number one position that, you know, in theory is supposed to get the most targets. It just goes to show that the the cupboard is it's not even bare it's it's ancient it's there's it's not even there's not even it's a it's not even dust in the cupboard it's a tomb it's something you know it, it's just it's old it's it's and it's nothing's there but um Saint Brown uh 
you know, I use this very, very loosely. Um, Detroit, he will probably be their go-to wide receiver, um, you know. But, yeah, he's definitely worth a stash. And uh, look for him. Uh, he's, a, he's a DeAndre, or what's the running back's name? DeAndre Swift. Yeah, DeAndre. he's a DeAndre Swift injury away from getting potentially 10 targets a game. That's true. So, um, Or a Jamal Williams injury away from that because Jamal gets a lot of targets as well. Fun fact about uh, St. Brown. Uh, if you guys know basketball, the Ball Brothers, they have three boys, uh, Lonzo, Leangelo, yeah. and uh, they're in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Brown is the exact same way. His brother, uh, St. Equinemius, was on the Packers, went yep. to Notre Dame, and then he had another brother who was a defensive back at Stanford. So he comes from a, a very athletic family. Mm-hmm. That has done nothing in the NFL. Yeah, it's true, but I said, fun <laughs> fact. Yeah, I didn't yeah, say I it was know, well I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Just giving you our time. All right, Kyle Pitts. Had his breakout day. I mean, uh, we were missing everybody. Russell Gage, Calvin Ridley, even Cordero went out for a little bit with a possible concussion, but then he came back. So, Kyle Pitts, do you think he is... Hmm. Let me see if I can still pull up my top 12 real quick at the tight end position. But do you think he's a top five tight end moving forward? No. And the reason I say that is because, first off... Never trust rookie tight ends. Historically, See, I would say that yes, but I don't think he's really a tight end. He's he has the tight end label, but they don't use him like that. I I agree. He's to me, he's more Darren Waller. Which it, is, that's exact. That was my exact yeah, NFL. He's comp. you know he's he's more Darren Waller, which you could argue Darren Waller's just a slow wide receiver one. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, if but and I and this is the big but, Kyle Pitts. If you ever were to trust a rookie tight end, it would be Kyle Pitts, yes. the highest drafted tight end yes. ever in the history plus of uh, football. So I agree. And plus he's tight end seven right now. And Dawson Knox, who's... T- <laughs> Dawson Knox and Dalton Schultz are both above him right now. I don't think th- at the end of the year that's going to be the case. I do think Kyle Pitts is a top five tight end. I don't think there's anybody behind him that's going to pass him. Because you've got Noah Fant, Hunter Henry, Gesicki or the next guys behind him. And I don't see those guys passing Kyle Pitts. So I, I do think he's going to be a top five tight end. I don't think he's going to produce like he did in that one game. But I think that the fact he produced that well when he was the only person the Jets had to cover and their head coach, right. Robert Sala, had ran a defense that in practice covered George Kittle every single day. And he wasn't able to stop Kyle Pitts, which is pretty much the reason they won. Because that was pretty yeah, much he was entire... Huge. It was him and Cordero. That was their entire offense. I think that kind of is a is a good contributing factor to Hay saying maybe Kyle Pitts is going to be used a lot going forward, I or mean, for the tight end position. Yeah, no, I I mean I guess when you put it like that, I mean don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll put it like this: he will be a guy that gets stronger as the season goes on, and because that's the case, you should like him going forward. All right. And let's see. I think one other big thing. We're doing pretty decent on time. This is kind of what I expected. So, Rams. Cooper Cup has dominated until last week. Robert Woods got more targets. He went for 14, 12. So, 14 targets, 12 receptions, 150 yards. This was right after Sean McVay was quoted saying, Robert Woods needs more involved. We're going to get him more involved. Right. Right after that, he is massively involved. Mm-hmm. And he's also 
12 receptions, 150 yards, pretty good. He's not just getting those screen passes, those stupid screen passes that right. he's getting all season before that week. So this past week, that finished. So I still will take Cooper Cup, of course, over Robert Woods, mm-hmm. especially because of the touchdowns. Cooper Cup is Insane. somebody that's going to get touchdowns. Woods has never been a huge touchdown guy. Um, and I just want to ask you, do you think Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are going to level out more than they have? Not like this past week where Robert Woods is doing better, but do you think Cooper Cup's maybe not going to be the wide receiver one, and he's going to be wide receiver like seven, eight-ish, and Robert Woods can move up to like 15, 14-ish when the season's over? I don't think Woods will be top 15. I think top 20. Okay. I, I Still I, much I'm better so, than what he's been. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, Cooper Cup, barring injury, is a lock for top five. That scheme, the Stafford, uh, Stafford baby, it's Stafford yeah, it's Nick insane. Bay is ridiculous. It's yeah, no, it's it's a great combination, and I'm in love with it. And it's only been five weeks. Yeah, uh, I think I think uh, look at it very similar to Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. I think Cooper being the Mike Williams of that team, Keenan Allen being the Robert Woods. I think that's Good a, comparison. a yeah. I know. So I, w- I would look at it like that. I think uh, Cups a lock for top five. I think uh, they both are very talented wide receivers who any given Sunday, if one doesn't go off for the insane nine catch, 150, one touchdown, the other one will. I just think Cooper Cup is going to be that guy more so, you know, and then sprinkle in the screens and dumps to Daryl Henderson and, mm-hmm. you know, all Higby will randomly get three touchdowns. But, yeah, so uh, Woods, yeah, put him, put him uh, probably like 18, 19. And he will have other big games. This is not the last. This is not oh, an anomaly. He will. He'll. He'll probably go off like this, a couple more times. Okay. So we're on the same page with Robert Woods for sure. Um, last question I would say is Brandon Cooks, twenty plus points week one. Twenty I can't plus it. points week two. Twenty plus points week three. Week four dud. Week five dud. And the biggest problem has been his target share. Now I expected a dud versus the Patriots. The Patriots always eliminate. Your best target, Corey mm-hmm. Davis, eliminated. Right. Um, that's that's how that's always been the blueprint for their defense, and it always helps them. And not only that, but Brandon Cooks was in New England, and he was a Patriot, so they know exactly how to defend him. That was not surprising to me. This week was a little disheartening because he wasn't even the most targeted player on his offense when he's definitely the most talented. And I, I don't remember who it was. I think it was Chris Conley who had six targets. Brandon Cooks had five. So do you look at Brandon Cooks right now as a buy low? A stay away or a sell high? Or, I'm sorry, a stash, a buy low, or a sell high? Sell him right now. <clears throat> Get him off. After two really bad games, you think it would be a good idea to sell him? I think a lot of his production. Don't get me wrong. I think he's talented. I think, isn't he the only guy, and maybe besides Mike Evans, who's had a 1,000 yards pretty much every season? Yeah. But what, what's more impressive is like sure he had Brady and Drew Brees and Watson, but he's still done it in three different systems. So I think he's a very talented guy. I just don't have any faith in the Texans organization or this more or less a nobody, uh, David Sills, <laughs> David or Mills, or Davis Mills, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't even I can't even, I don't even know his name, and he's a division rival. I don't trust him at all. I don't trust their their scheme at all. Um, I think sure he will have big games, but. You know, you want. Would you flex can, him every week? 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not against him being a flex, but I'm just saying, if someone's willing to pay more for him, I think you could rob somebody by. I think he's an illusion. I think he's he seems like he's something, but uh, he will not be like this further down the road. Okay, let's play a comparison game. Brandon Cooks or Corey Davis rest of season. As you guys can tell, this is completely natural. Uh, I would say, I would say Corey Davis. Okay, that's I'm fine. And with it's that. it's hard, and that's really it. hard. That's really hard because Corey Davis really isn't proven. But I have a hard time believing that Wilson will remain historically bad mm-hmm. as the season progresses. Okay, Brandon Cooks, or hmm, I'm trying to think of a a good guy to throw out there. Brandon Cooks or Jalen Waddle. Cooks. Okay, Cooks or Devontae Parker. Because I know you like Parker better. Parker. <laughs> okay. Um I, I like Waddle. I'm just think I just think he's not there yet. Okay. I don't think he's there. Brandon Cooks or Tyler Boyd. Boyd. Oh, come on. Okay. I just wanted to see how, how where your Boyd head is at. Alright. Um one more. Brandon Cooks or Let's see. Emmanuel Sanders. Ooh. I don't know. I I think Sanders has way more boom potential than him, but I also feel like Sanders I feel like their boom potential is the same. Cooks because of target share. I don't think I don't think Sanders because of offensive touchdowns. I think Sanders is much likely to much more likely to get a touchdown or a two touchdown game compared to Cooks. Um I, I, I think that the reason I say that the Davis Mills guy, I don't think he'll throw I don't think he'll throw fifth I don't know if he'll throw sixteen, seventeen touchdowns. Like I, I really do believe their offense is just that bad. Oh, yeah. I and you have to you have to assume, you know, five of those will be to like the miscellaneous third string tight yeah. end or something. Mm-hmm. So um I'm gonna go Sounds like you wanna go Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, just because I I like the Bills' offense better. Brandon Cooks or Juju Smith-Schuster? Smith-Schuster's out for the year. Oh, I'm I'm an idiot. I right? totally forgot. Isn't he out? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Um, which also, by the way, that's great for Najee Harris. Najee Harris has already been a beast, but that reception workload is not going away. And yeah, I I love it. I mean, that I took so much flack for that for projecting. I projected him an eighteen percent. I think. Was it 18? No, like a 16% target share. Wow. Um, and everyone was like losing their minds, which I get why they were, but also Le'Veon Bell had a 20% target share, and Najee is just as good of a receiver as Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think that's too crazy. I think the people, they, they probably called you crazy because he's a rookie. But, uh, I mean, yeah. Big Ben, he throws to running backs. I mean, running backs historically and now have always been a huge part of the Steelers. Yeah, except I, th- I think the reason it was hard for people to buy into that take for Najee was just to, to give them a leg to stand on, was because the year prior to drafting Najee, they only yeah. threw to the running backs 8% of the time. So it was, they were probably right. thinking, like, no, oh, they don't throw sure. the running back anymore. Deontay Johnson is their running back. But that's not really the case. Right. Um, all right, well, we're at 55 minutes, and I think that was a really good discussion. Trent, thank you, brother. Yeah, I, I thanks for like, having me, man. This I, was fun. Yeah, always have a good always time. Fun. Always fun talking to you, man. Um, so... We kind of hit on a lot of future stuff with all the questions I was asking and, you know, how do you view this person? So I feel like it would kind of be 
repetitive to say, okay, let's talk about this player for the future or whatever. Sure. So I may, for everyone listening, I may have like a start sit, like a quick 20 minute start sit episode come out. I'm not really sure. Depends on my schedule. I got a lot going on. But thank you guys for tuning in. Drop rating, drop review. Um, let me know what you guys thought about Trent. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. And then um, I'll decide if I want to accept this application or not for the podcast. Oh my. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Have a good one, guys. Yeah, thanks. Good, Have a good night. Good luck this week. Peace.